Hey Pumpkins, and welcome back to another episode of Your Friends at Copulator Cyphers. Hi, Ash. Hi, Nick. How are you? I am good, my darling. Um, we haven't spoken in a while. We have been texting more than... I, not Okay, let me rewind. I'm glad to hear you are good. We have not spoken for <laughs> a while. I'm I mean, so we we communicate like daily. Yeah, but it's never anything of substance, and that's fine with me. It's just like you're still alive. Cool. All right. Nothing. I mean, bad. yeah. No, just my regular ass depression. You know. Yeah. 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 Just uh, that regular ass depression. Nothing special. It's not. You know, it's not like diet or like uh, depression zero or. No, 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 no. It's definitely like whole milk depression. Oh, whole milk. Um, (laughs) I haven't had like full-on dairy in a while. Not like partially on purpose and partially just because um, we've been using almond milk. uh, Not almond milk. uh, Oat milk for coffee. I do like an oat milk. Um, I really like an oat milk. I don't like... Um, uh, uh, I, I don't want to sound vulgar, but I don't like nut milks. I don't like nut milks either. I think they're gross. Um, I really, I don't like almond milk. I think it's too sweet naturally because almonds have that natural sweetness. Soy milk was like the whole thing that started the alternative milk craze. But like, we all know by now, soy milk's like, um, and yeah, like, no, you know, so oat milk, I, I like it. I, it, it's good. Oat milk. How is she? Pretty okay. Yeah. She doesn't have a gross aftertaste. She like works well with other flavors. I think that's the other thing. Like real milk. Like when I say real milk, I mean like uh, cow milk, um, beef milk, utter juice, you know, <laughs> um, it, it has its own flavor, but it works really well with everybody else on the playground. Yeah. And nut milks are like the um, uh, popular jock click in high school. Yeah. They're, they're just always in your face all the time. They're like, they're secret people pleasers because they have no self-esteem, et cetera, et cetera. But because of that, they stand out too much. Um, and oat milk's just like that one girl who has friends and she has a lot of them and she just, she can get along with anybody. It's fine. You know? Yeah. Um, and like, oh, you, you want to have a flavor today? That's cool. Good on you. Not offensive. You know? Um, yeah. Ooh, like a chocolate moment or like a strawberry situation. That sounds delicious. You know? Um, it's like, it's like. Grown-up graduated cereal milk, ultimately, you know? Yeah, I'm into it. Um, Yeah, and that's... Do you think, like, do you think if you made oatmeal with oat milk, it'd be any good? I mean, probably. I think, you know, I've I've put oat milk in pudding. I've put oat milk... Really? In the... Yeah, I did. I made, I made, I made instant pudding with oat milk, and it did... It did work. It worked just as well. Um, okay. And honestly, like, you don't even really... 
um, you don't even really notice it. I mean, like, especially with something like very, very highly f- flavored, like, um, like vanilla jello instant pudding mix, like, you ain't gonna taste nothing else because it's like sugar. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I made a jello mold um, for our backyard get together yesterday for the 4th of July and when I say 4th of July I just mean like it's the 4th day of July on the 2020 calendar like there yeah, was like happy Saturday, you know yeah it was this, it was a Saturday get together there was no celebration of like the country we live in um it, it was very it, it was a mindful act on all of our parts but our friend has a very big backyard. She has a pool. Um, and we social distanced in her backyard. And I really needed a pool moment. Um, it was wonderful for all of my joints. I just, as a larger person, I hate when like you're in a pool and you're like, oh my God, I'm so free. Like I can dance and it's wonderful. There's like no pressure on me, literally. And then you get out of the water and all of your skeleton is like, oh, there you are, old friend, uh, muscle pain and uh, uh, joint issues and um, pressure from body weight. So um, what what I am saying is, is that I missed the pool, but I was yeah. also like, damn, like... COVID-19 is real. And when I say COVID-19, I mean, like, I probably gained 20 pounds during this pandemic. So that's normal. Um, I'm going to have to be more uh, cognizant of what I'm putting in my mouth because we got to lose some weight so I can be the best father I can be for my new dog who still <laughs> isn't here yet. Because she had kennel cough on the day she was supposed to be transported to us. So now we're getting her next weekend. Yay! Next weekend for Sable Sue. Sable Sue. Her beds are out. Her dishes are ready. We we need to just procure a... Um, a, a Sable Sue. A Sable Sue and a travel water bowl for her because... Um, She's going to need water on the way home, but no food until we get home because her tummy's going to be all kinds of doing flip-flops between getting shipped to Pennsylvania from Alabama in a van with other dogs. And then like, oh, who are these two homos that are picking me up? Are these my (laughs) parents now? And then Arthur's going to sit with her in the backseat and probably just like make baby noises at her the whole time which is gonna be cute but like she's gonna be like what is happening like I did not sign up for this homo adventure and then she'll get home and she'll be like oh okay well there's a bed here and these two fat guys are gonna give me food so that's that sounds good (laughs) that sounds quiche and then we'll go from there you know so Sable Sue there will be updates but um Oat milk, 4th of July not being a celebration this year. New dogs. Um, uh, old depression. Old depression. Like, welcome back. New, to- do- new dogs, old depression. Welcome back. Welcome back new, to the show. 
new dogs, old depression, and no, no, not milks, please. Um, that is that is the tagline for this episode of Copulators Die First CDF new, hashtag. New uh, dogs, old depression. New dogs, old depression, and then like the second hashtag would be no nut milks, please. So. Um, don't is, think I'm not gonna title this episode "New Dogs, Old Depression." Don't I think I won't. I I was waiting for us to find something clever, as we always do in our conversation, and it happened very early on. So I was expecting nothing less, you know. Um, um but we do have a film this week. We do. So we're like back on that shit, yo. Um, and like honestly, I don't know. We haven't necessarily spoken about this, Ash, but like. We were, our plan was like paranormal pansies in a movie every other week. Apparently I'm losing my voice right now. That's great. Um, But like right now and even moving forward, I feel like especially with who knows what's going to continue to happen, um, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement moving forward, because I don't know if you uh, were plugged into any news outlets yesterday. No. Okay, so uh, our our Uncle Donald uh, gave. Oh, us... you mean you mean that bitch ass forty five? Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you hear about the speech, or more like the the semi war cry that he made at um, Mount Rushmore yesterday? I... I knew that he did do a Mount Rushmore, but I don't know much about it because he's yeah. a pig and I don't care. So, like, the long and the short of it is that it was supposed to be, like, this, like, as any president would do, like a memorial speech for this holiday that our, you know, um, country typically celebrates um, with with more verm and vigor than this year um i you know i would say in so many terms but he basically made it a tirade about how we're we're and i i say we in quotes are losing the country to far left um violent uh radical you know insert inflammatory word here groups who are trying to erase american history and make a new country um and also the covid pandemic is not as bad as everybody is making it out to be hashtag fake news hashtag all of the major news outlets um you know are fake and etc etc so it was like him giving himself a really horrid like look myself in the mirror like um pump up speech but we were all there for it um but ultimately what it showed was like he is the captain of the titanic and it's currently taking on water but like surprise who who predicted that was gonna happen like everyone you know 
Um, <laughs> but so it, it was like the audacity, you know, like he's how old? He's in his 70s? His, yeah, I, I think so. Like, ugh, like it's gross. Like, I have never personally met Donald Trump. I don't want to meet Donald Trump. But just, like, given everything that has come to light about him and he continues to confirm about himself, he is a disgusting old white man who is, like, the poster child for things can't change because I'm still here. Yeah. Um, And he just also happens to hold a position of power, which is very unfortunate. Um but, like, it was just, like, oh, wow. So, like, all your true colors are now on your, like, 1985 McDonald's branded plastic, like, unbreakable plate that you bought with your Happy Meal. Um, and, you know, keep on eating all of those Big Macs, Grandpa, because you're only eating yourself towards heart disease. Um, if he already doesn't have it, you know. But... Um, and, and a lot of these eating messages are also like, hi, Nick, you should be telling this to yourself as well, because I wanted to get McDonald's at like midnight last night after we left our friend's house because we met one of our friend's new boyfriends and he's just like extra, extra people pleaser. I'm a puppy. Pat my head. I need you to like me. And it was like, nope, I'm in my 30s. I can't deal with you. Yeah. Um, and even even our friend was, like, apologizing for him. And she was like, yeah, this is a lot. Um, and he was just being super extra, extra. And, like, also, like, using whiffs of us being annoyed with one of our other friends. And then, like, warping it into, like, oh, well, if I play along, they'll like me more. And he did that thing where it was like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so. Oh, they're so annoying. I hate them. Uh, and we were like, dude, you don't even know her? Like, what are you talking about? Um, so I didn't I didn't need that in my day. I don't think any of us did. And now I'm realizing that I'm like 10,000 skips off the track that I was on prior to where I was. But regardless, in all of this conjecture, America is still a giant, um, a dumpster fire and it smells like french fry grease and mothballs gross what a combo uh, super gross um i think it's very very likely that we will have a new president at the end of this current election cycle but at the same time it's like wouldn't it be nice to have a president that we wanted and not just one that's a replacement for, like, the devil? Um, yeah. Because I, for- I don't foresee this being much better. No, but at least... Um, at least it's not that guy, am I right? At least it's not that guy. And he will actually do things because he's actually had a career in politics um, and not, like, being a playboy billionaire because he had family money um but whatever uh i i i do realize and i think it's important to say now like as much as i feel like a lot of the times i especially in the past have said like i don't want to bring politics into this i don't like politics um i feel like 
as I have grown, especially like I'm 32 now, like especially in the last two years. Um, and I think this is also just because of the way of the world right now. Um, a lot of people, when I was first like figuring out my gayness and queerness and all those things, like a lot of people talk about how just being out is a political statement in itself. And I was like, oh, well, you know, nowadays it's a lot easier, like, thank goodness. And, you know, the the paths that a lot of our gay ancestors have paved, I will be very thankful that I can walk on. But realistically, it is still a political protest to be an out gay person, even in America. So I think inevitably we're going to talk about politics because we are homosexuals in a part of our adulthood where we are now trying to craft the life that we want to live in our 40s and beyond and fix the problems that we accumulated in our childhood and also started to identify ish in our 20s um so I think we'll still keep talking about politics. It'll still be in our style, I think. But I don't think this talk will go away anytime soon. Especially right now and the way things are going. But I cut you off. What were you going to say? I, I'm just saying it, it shouldn't go away. And that's our duty to keep persisting yeah. and talking about current events to the best of our ability, to be honest. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, you know, I think this is probably ultimately an unexpected addition to our typical podcast episode, but that's fine. Um, If anybody has a super big problem with it, um, I'm sorry. Let us know. We can talk about it in a polite manner via the DMs or email. Like, I have no issue with that. But, like, here's the other thing podcasting is not our job it's our very intensive hobby so if you're gonna come for me or ash or both etc i'm gonna be blunt with you because i don't have time to commit to this in a long-term manner um so there's there's that it's just a fair warning but i I never thought I would be a political person and I feel like I kind of am starting to become one now. And I think a part of that is just because Arthur is so, um, uh, politically minded. Um, but yeah, whatever. So that is our political catch up for the day. Um, or catch up, catch up, <laughs> McDonald's, <laughs> catch up. Anyway, so um, what has been going on with you, my friend? Nothing. Like, I'm just, I, I got the depressios like real bad. Yeah. And like, I just like want to do like minimal in general. Yeah. Minimal has been on my mind a lot. Um, work wise. Uh, housework wise, um, life wise, yeah. Yeah, just like being a human wise, you know, like um, I definitely have to ramp up that more um, because 
I need to have some level of self-respect where I keep my body clean, brush my teeth, feed myself things that aren't just like weird oil, you know, uh, produced in a factory type of uh, food. Um, But yeah, so I hear that. Um, hey, hey, what about that, um, that Animal Crossing update? How have you... It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. Um. It's a little slow for my taste, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to be able to dive into the ocean. Um. Diving, diving into something new, you know? Yeah, I, I love how there's, like, the, um, the buoys that they put up, like, hey, don't swim further than this. Um, I also, yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily feel like your character has to be able to swim faster, but I wish that there were just more things to collect. Yeah. That you didn't have to swim around so much to find things. Um, but you know, Animal Crossing is, as if I, as I have discovered, is like a very layered onion of a um, piece of code. Oh, and, yeah. That code goes deep. Yeah, Nintendo has done a very good job with it. And, like, um, I just discovered last week that my college roommate's sister, who I'm also friends with, doesn't just play Animal Crossing. She's, like, an OG for life Animal Crossing fanatic. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, like, we became friends, and then we started talking, and then, like, I quickly realized, like, she has all the 411 on everything related to Animal Crossing. And, like, she knows that she has a villager on her island that one of her friends used to have, because, and this goes back to the code being super deep, because... She went to her friend's island before, and then this character moved to her island, and they were like, oh, I've met you before. I met you when I lived on blah, blah, blah. And now I live her. How cool is that? And whatever. Um, And I was like, wow, that's kind of creepy, but cool. Um, But then, as I told you, Meringue who I really think is just like an adorable strawberry shortcake rhino that I wanted to keep forever in my heart, um, was at my campsite. And um, I was like, I'm so sad. I don't have any plots open. She's going to leave. And then my friend was like, nah, she don't have to. You just like, you got to like tell her that she can move in and then she'll say no. But then if you keep bothering her, she'll say she'll move in if you win that card game thing, which is annoying. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I did it and then, and then she moved in and one of the other characters on my island, Punchy, who was like a lazy, lazy cat that got fleas a lot. Um... She was like, oh, Punchy was already thinking of moving anyway, so I'll move in. And I was like, thank God, because he's one of the characters that, like, if I lost him, I wouldn't be super sad. Yeah. Um, so now Meringue is on my island, and I was like, wow, this is just, like, a whole new world I didn't know about. Because, like, 
there's other characters that have come to visit my campsite before. And I was like, oh, I'm so sad. I can't keep them. But like now I know I could have. And that's kind of. You could also you could also go to resident services and talk to Isabel and be like, oh, I want to talk about a villager. And that's the only time it'll make a difference. Well, what does that do, though? It kicks them out. <gasps> a scandal. So I can actually kick out yeah. Sophia because I don't fucking like her. Yeah. I but feel that. They, but they would have to, like, you would have to, like, basically have somebody already at your campsite, like, ready. Oh, all right. Well, now I know even more because then I could have kept Punchy and kicked Salil out like I would have really liked to. But also, I'm not, like, super sad about Punchy leaving. But anyway, I guess that's your Animal Crossing update for this episode, Pumpkins. Um, but, I mean, I guess we should get this show on the road. And let you all I suppose know. so. Yeah. So, so um, this week's movie is The Gate from... 1986 slash 1987. I say that only because the release date in the U.S. was 87, but it was made in Canada, and I believe it came out in 86 in Canada. Oh, Canada. Um, and people really love this movie. If you look yeah. at it, yeah, like if you look at like Amazon reviews, Google reviews, the reviews everywhere. And it's just like there's like a big nostalgia factor for people, and then there's also this big factor of like the the graphics were so good for 1987, and I watched it this morning, and I was like, okay, yeah, like I guess for 1987, a lot of these special effects were pretty good, um, but I do have opinions and questions. Okay. Um, my first question being, overall, how did you enjoy The Gate? I thought it was fine. Um, I watched it with my nephew because he's super into watching horror movies now. But Mm -hmm. I have to, like, I don't want to say pre-screen them, but kind of have to not let him watch the ones that I would like him to watch. So I was like, let's watch The Gate. And we had watched Trick or Treat prior to The Gate. And his take on it was that, end quote, it's not spicy enough. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, verbiage. His verbiage is on par. It's not spicy enough. But, um, like, it is good. It's a wholesome family time. Um, I remember watching it as a kid and, like, didn't watch it for, like, 20 years. Yeah. But, like, that's how I feel about this movie. You could watch it every 20 years and be fine. Yeah, I mean, I watched this a couple years ago with Arthur, and that was, like, in our phase of living together where he was like, you've not seen all of these movies that I love, and I wish you would, and I was like, okay, let's watch them. Um, And this was one of those movies that he was like, oh, I loved it so much when I saw it as a kid, and blah, 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 blah. However, it came out in 1987, so he was only two years old when this movie came out. Um, So I'm assuming he watched it at some point in his childhood on VHS, like he did with a lot of things. Um, But yeah, like, I remember then being like, okay, this is, like, it's like a fun little romp, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
I'm hashtag Team Terry all the way. Well, okay. So, yeah. There's a few things I'd like to break down about this film. One of them being the characters in general. Um, Another being, is there a plot? There is, but, like, were they deciding it as they went along? So, so one, um, the characters. And preface to the characters, um, what is the gate about? Um, hashtag spoiler alert, but I feel like y'all should know that by now. I don't know why I feel like I need to say that at this point in time, but it's also been a while since we've done a movie. So Nick, shut up now. Okay. Thank you very much, self. Um, I haven't had anything to eat yet today and it's almost two o'clock and I also haven't had any caffeine today. So I am in my prime right now. So we're going to keep, so what you're saying is we're going to keep this short so we can eat like people today. I mean... (laughs) That would be ideal. We also don't need to make like a two-hour episode because nobody wants that. You know, someone will drop off before the end of that episode. So, anywho, self-awareness, hashtag, the more you know. Um, The gate. It's like an amalgamation of a lot of the things that were just popular in the late 80s. So, um, I was talking to Arthur about this because I had just finished watching this this morning when he uh uh stumbled out of bed into our living room um and he was like you were watching the gate why and i was like because we're doing an episode on it silly and he was like oh didn't we just watch that and i was like uh yeah if by just you mean like three years ago um and then i was like i don't remember like geodes being so intrinsic to the story and etc i know and he was like oh yeah well you know like geodes were just really popular in like the late 80s early 90s and i was like oh you know i guess that is really accurate because if you recall like everyone and their mom would go to like zany brainy or like sharper image oh, or yeah whatever, and like there would be like the maker the of geode kit or whatever yeah. um so there's that um but then, like, I don't remember the dog being such a large part of the story. Um, but I also don't appreciate how the dog was essentially just used as, like, a plot device. Um, yeah. I will always think that dogs deserve more respect than they get in film until I see somebody give them the proper respect that they do. And I haven't seen it yet. Um <clears throat> So anyway, the gate. This kid has this like premonition-esque dream about his treehouse falling down because it gets struck by lightning, but it's in the form of a nightmare, which um, has no explanation whatsoever. And there's like random objects that are in the nightmare that reemerge throughout the film, but like not in any real... Uh, impactful way just like oh that baby doll is back Um, yeah like everything that happened like in that dream sequence was of like no consequence exactly and I was like okay cool so we're already off on a great foot so then he wakes up he's like whoa it was all a dream but then he looks at his window and he's like oh shit my treehouse did fall down and then like they already have a construction team there to clean it up 
but um, how, uh, I guess maybe they didn't have a job and now they do because his parents called. Mind you, we also don't find out the main character's name for like almost a half an hour. I know. Like, I was like, oh, okay. Like, they're going to do that thing where, like, in five seconds, someone's going to scream his name and it's going to be like, oh, his name is blah, blah, blah. No, yeah. no, We don't find out his name is Glenn for, like, another 20 minutes. But we do find out that his sister's name is Alexandra, but everybody calls her Al. But she's a 16-year-old bitch who's like, I'm grown up now. You can't call me Al. I'm Alexandra. Um and I've never met an Alexandra who isn't as annoying as that. So accurate. But also, she doesn't make good choices throughout this film. And even when she tries to make up for it to, like, show, like, see, I am a good sister. Uh, no, bitch. No. I'm sorry. I don't like you. Um, and then, you know, I started to realize I don't really like any of these characters um, but we'll get back to that, I suppose. But anyway, so as they're excavating this tree with the tree house, there's this hole and like, there's a small geode in it. And this launches into the next five minutes of, you know, Glenn, who we don't know his name yet. And his friend, Terry, whose name we do find out right away, um, are just like immediately like there's probably a bigger geo down there. We have to find it because we can make big bucks. And then Terry's like, yeah, it could like run for like even a hundred dollars. And that's when I was like a hundred dollars in 1987. Is that a lot? Or is it supposed to just be like funny? Ha ha. Like a hundred dollars is something is, that a child. Is that a I don't know if that's a lot. I would like, think so. But it's it's the 80s, and we've already gone through the mid-80s where it's, like, power, money, uh, you show love and your position in the world through how successful you are, through money and accumulating things and uh, materialism. Um, so I feel like the economy was already at a point where $100 was, like, not still thought of as a huge amount. Um, but anyway, I guess correct me if I'm wrong. Um, anyway, I was like, okay. And like, who is this Terry kid? Um, you know, he's the glasses wearing character. He's the sidekick, etc. But then he has all of these layers that just confuse his character because we find out that his mother passed away. His father is absent and probably not grieving or being a good parent to him because men can't show emotions, hashtag, you know, um, uh, toxic masculinity, especially in the 80s. We never even meet his father. We don't know what he looks like. All we know is he does not maintain a clean household. Um, so, like, Terry's wearing, like, this jean vest with like spikes on it and we're supposed to like oh like he's into rock music but then it like becomes a plot point that he's really only into rock and roll because he has aggression because of his sadness because his mom passed away and he hasn't fully processed that yet so it was like a water balloon of uh very loosely related things that like when it pops open it's like here's terry but, like, not really. 
So I'm confused by Terry. I want to like him, but I'm not sure if I do. Um, and then Glenn, I don't really like him. I know he's the protagonist. He's annoying. Um, he has a good moral conscience. I will give him that. But I don't like him. Um, sorry, not sorry. But so. I mean, Terry gets the short end of the stick. Let's just put does. it that way. I mean, he's in the sequel. I don't know if they bring all. I've never seen the sequel. I haven't either. But obviously, I Googled the gate and I saw the sequel pop up and I noticed that Terry's character's name is, you know, in the description of the movie. I don't know if Glenn is back as well. I don't know if Alex right. is back as well. But Terry's there because he's like the resident semi-pro out of nowhere about summoning demons because of the one rock and roll record that his father bought for him from Europe because he didn't know how else to interact with his child because again, hashtag the toxic masculinity. So he bought him whatever he wanted. And so he got this record by a, I'm assuming a fictitious band. Um, for sure. Named Slay Curder. That's definitely not what it is. Salih Kudur. What is the name of the band? God damn it. The next day, Terry brings a heavy metal album to Glenn's house with lyrics based on the dark book. But you're not going to give me the fucking name of the fucking band? Fucking Wikipedia? You're supposed to be the Bible for information. For of not. internet. Jesus Christ. Now I gotta find it. Hold, please. Da, 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 da. The Gate Band. That's probably not going to give me what I want. Probably not. The Gate Movie. They're definitely like Icelandic. Or... Yeah, like, you know, they're they're like that, you know, like type of like band. No, not the Killer Dwarfs. That's that's the patch he has on the back of his yeah. thing. I I'm need like, a Killer Dwarfs t-shirt. I would love that. Um, I'm assuming the Killer Dwarfs are not a real band. Not that I'm aware of, no. All right, let's, let's see here. So, oh, we have a full-on clip. We don't have the rights to this. Play over the music so we don't get sued. Just playing. I just paused it and I am going to fast forward to the moment where I see him pick up the record from the floor of his really messy bedroom. Sacrifix. Sacrifix. Oh. The name of the band is Sacrifix. And the name of the album is The Dark Book. Um, yes, it is an album based on The Dark Book, which is supposed to be the book that you can use to summon demons. I'm going to assume very much uh, in the vein of the Necronomicon from, like, The Evil Dead or whatever. Um, right. Anyway, so they find this giant geode in the hole in the backyard which is like suspiciously large and smoking um but go ahead children play in the hole um and then they're trying to get this giant geode open um b plot 
uh, Glenn and Alexandria's parents are horrible. And, like, going on a weekend getaway by themselves, question mark, but also didn't plan ahead to think about, like, what they're going to do with their kids while they're on this little mini vacay. So they're, like, debating if they should get a babysitter or if Al is old enough in her own right to, you know, be the purveyor of the house for the weekend. And of course she's like, mom, I'm 16. I'm totally fine. I can do it. But then also like the mom has collectively less than 10 lines in the entire movie, which is sad. Um, And of course they say, all right, just don't have a party. And like, surprise, Alexandria has a party. But it's also like the lamest party I've ever seen. A teenager throw in the 80s. Because like, they actually have a good house for a house party. Like a lot of open spaces and stuff. But like, they dance for an hour. There doesn't seem to be alcohol at all, unless I missed it. Um, And then they like, all gather around and tell like dark tales to each other and like that's normal yeah is that a thing that people do during high school parties i wouldn't know i didn't go to any yeah i wouldn't either because i didn't really go to any either um but apparently maybe that's what happens i don't know um maybe listeners let us know because i don't know shit yeah but so then like glenn and terry are upstairs they're trying to crack open this giant geode and then finally they do, and there's, like, one of those Etch-A-Sketch pads there, just, like, randomly on Glenn's desk. And, like, the strong wind comes out of the geode. I'm sure that did not smell good, because it's, like, primordial air that came out of that shit. Primordial ooze. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the air magically put this like very specific pattern on the etch-a-sketch thing and then somehow Glenn also has the ability to read ancient hieroglyphics yeah like what the fuck um and then in doing that he basically had just said the words that were like the chant slash prayer slash I don't know what religion but definitely related to Catholicism. Um, But anyway, so he was like, hey, demons, come to my world through this hole in my backyard, Um, which is probably something that a gay man has said to another gay man at some point, just saying. I hope Um, so. (laughs) But anyway. If that's not how your wedding vows went, then I'm glad I didn't show up. (laughs) that's, That's not how they went. It was a lot of me thanking Arthur for letting me live in this fantasy that I'm Donna Summer reincarnate, you know, so... Yeah. Uh, accurate, but um but thanks for coming to my backyard butthole situation. Yeah, basically. So that's what's going on, right? And so Yeah, that's that's, like, a, that's a gay marriage request. Well, basically, right? And then and then <laughs> we see and then we see Terry in his bedroom after this whole hullabaloo at the party, which we'll get back to in a second. But he's the in, whole situation. Yeah. And he's in his room lip syncing to the Sacrifix album. Using him. Yeah, but then he's also using his rainbow sheet as like a shawl slash robe slash wig situation. And I was like, oh, Terry's a homo. And I was like, all right, that's my in for figuring out why I like Terry. But then I was like, 
is Terry a homo? Because he didn't pick out those sheets, let's be honest. His parents probably did, slash probably his mom before she died, because let's be honest, his father's not doing anything for him right now. Um, But, like, I don't know. Like, I lip-synced to music in my bedroom, slash dorm room, slash now, in real life. But, like, is that something that all little boys do? Um, I don't know. I don't know. My brother didn't do that. Yeah, like, I don't think so. I think Terry might be a blossoming queer man. Yeah, I don't think Dylan had it in him to set aside his toxic masculinity for five minutes to um, enjoy a good old-fashioned lip sync. Yeah, I could see that. (laughs) I could see that for your brother in, like, the the least shadiest way possible. Um, Oh, most shade. Optimum shade. Okay, fine. I don't... I don't really care either way. <laughs> I mean, you've known him long enough that he's basically your brother too, so optimum shade. Yeah, especially especially now, given that we haven't spoken or seen each other in like what five or years or more. That's how family functions, right? Yeah, most yeah. of the time, at least at least for the Polino Cassiola family, that's how this works. So that seems oh, totally. real to me. Um, that seems like a real um, life choice. Yeah. yeah, so Terry's probably a homo is what we've confirmed here. And that's fine. I'm totally for it. But so he's lip syncing to this spoken word song. And he's like, oh, shit, I think this might be about what's happening in Glenn's backyard slash bunghole. Um, and he's like, I need to get there immediately. And so he rushes back over and he's like, I gotta tell you all this shit. Meanwhile, going back to right after they crack open this geode and give the incantation, they then go downstairs for really no other reason but then to be just nosy children. And some random girl at this party, like who even invited her, was like, if you concentrate hard enough, you can make someone float. Um, and it was like, what the fuck? Like, where did you come from? Um, so then she starts doing like the clear your mind, everyone sink your thoughts bullshit. And someone who was dressed like a preppy jock in very tight khakis with a bubble butt couldn't be lifted by, by all of these children. Um, so then they're like, hey, little man, to Glenn, as they try to sneak into a different part of the house, I guess, him and Terry. Um, they don't say little man. They say a word that is derogatory towards small people. Um, oh, and oh, the other thing, they're really into dropping the F-bomb and not like the really good F-bomb, the really bad F-bomb. Right. I think it happens twice in different yeah, different people's mouths. One of them being Glenn, and I was like, "Excuse me, young man, that came out of nowhere." And if you're angry at your sister's potential boyfriend slash fuck buddy, don't use that word. I know it's 1987, but like, no boo. How do you even know yeah. that? Um, I mean, television, but that's not the point. Television. Yeah. So television uh, for the f bomb. Television, bitches. So then they lift up. Glenn and they lift him up too far apparently because he's like on the ceiling and he breaks a light fixture and then he starts floating along the ceiling 
and he grabs onto another light fixture to like get his balance or whatever and then he falls to the ground ripping the light fixture out of the wall so now we have some structural damage to the house number Oopsie. one um that's that that's just really ultimately the appetizer here um and so now fast forward back to where we were now terry is back after lip syncing to sacrifix and realizing that they probably summoned demons to this earth through glenn's bunghole in the backyard and Mm. um can we say that he's a minor (laughs) that's true whatever it's a whole whatever it's not real it's not his real butthole backyard no no absolutely not um and then this is where and then the the dog dies right i was gonna say this is where the dog angus becomes a plot point in the manner of dying because in any 80s movie if there's a dog they're gonna die apparently which makes me very sad but then Terry's sleeping over after he and Glenn have a little powwow about how they're going to fix the situation through the things they've learned through the pamphlet that came with the Sacrifix, the Dark Book album. Um, And now it's sleepy time. But also... um, Alex being a teenager and looking at herself in the mirror, like, I don't have boobs yet, but I'm like, girl, stop it. I don't want to see this. I don't want to see you sexualize yourself in a way that's damaging to your psyche, but she does it anyway. Um, And then it's the middle of the night and Glenn's having like another one of his like weird, like sleepy situations. Um, For one reason or another, Terry leaves the room. Was he going to the bathroom or something? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But he sees the vision of his dead mother just opening the front door of this home and coming inside. Um, And he's like, oh my God, it's mom. So he goes downstairs and embraces her. But then um, plot twist, it turns out that it's actually Angus's dead body. So, dog is dead, Terry is screaming, Alexandra and Glenn are like, oh my god, what the hell? And then it's morning time. So, obviously, because Glenn has somewhat of a rational head on his shoulders, he's like, we should probably call mom because the dog just died, and, like, they should know that. And Alexandra's like, no, all of my friends including this boy that I'm trying to get the D from are for some reason at our house for breakfast. Um, And I want to be a teenager right now and go to the mall. So calling mom and dad are like not a part of my agenda for the day. And then Glenn's all like, well, I'll do it then. And then um alexandra's like oh i caught you boo no no you're not gonna call and so he doesn't um and 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 that that was a chain of events that probably screwed the pooch a little bit no pun intended hashtag r.i.p angus um but then this is the first time we hear the f word coming out of glenn's mouth towards 
Alexandra's potential fuck buddy, um, which I feel like came out of nowhere, wasn't necessary. Like, I get it. You're angry, but, like, also don't make it about your emotions towards your sister. I know you might want to be, like, protecting her, but also is there some, like, primordial level here of, like, you feeling like you own your sister as a man owns a woman? Um, I don't think the people who wrote and made this movie thought that far into it, but, like, here we are. Welcome to my brain 24-7, okay? Um, so anyway, they go to the mall. Alexander comes back at some point. This is already after Glenn and Terry think that they've successfully closed the bunghole in the backyard. Um, surprise, they haven't. Uh, but Glenn's all like, why are you already back, Alexandra? And she's like, oh, well, I didn't go to the beach with my friends because I already spent all my money. And he's like, on what, bitch? Mom and dad are going to be angry at you. And she's like, no, I spent it on a gift for you to try to win back your good graces because materialism, 80s, hashtag, money, power, etc. And they have this, like, bond over, um, what are those things called? Not bottle rockets, like model rockets, whatever. Um, so she gets him, like, I guess a fancy model rocket that they're going to, you know, light in the backyard and whatever. Um, yeah, and- it's like a super fancy one. And he has, doesn't he have like another one in the closet that's like a key pop point? Yes, which is like supposed to be one that his sister owned but she lied to him and said she threw it out but she really didn't it's just like hashtag hormones her being a teenager and being a dick um but like just to speed this along because this i can already see we're starting to drag here and i don't want that to happen so surprise they didn't actually make the demons go away these little like gremlin I don't know what even how to describe them like claymation, but maybe not little demon dudes. They all, they're all over the place. They're crawling all over the place. Um, Terry falls in the hole at one point and two of them bite him, but like, doesn't really matter. I guess like, ouchie, it just kind of hurt or whatever. They pull him out of the hole. I don't know how the fuck they did that. There's like two small people who probably aren't that strong, but they did it anyway. Um, And then, like, they keep going back to this picture in the pamphlet with the Sacrifice um, album about, like, this many-armed demon mama creature. Um, And all of these, you know, demon romps happen... Um, little alien demon dudes everywhere harassing them. They're just all over the place. Also, they keep using the bug zapper as a plot device, which is like, was that creative at the time? I don't know. But like heavy handed because it happened at least three times. Like the bug zapper, it's zapping the bugs. There's a lot of bugs. We get it. It's like the seven plagues, like the demon is coming. Understood. Um, finally, it's like, oh my God, the demon needs two human sacrifices to say hello to the world. And so 
And here's the thing. Again, going back to loose plot. Once in the beginning parts of the movie, Glenn offhandedly mentions something about how two people died in their home. And it's rumored that one of them is buried in the wall. But like, never again is it mentioned until out of nowhere, a zombie pops out of the wall. Um, and then the zombie is reanimated, but then the zombie ends up being a whole bunch of the little demons put together. But then anyway, the zombie takes Terry, what's his name, Terry? Completely forgot his name already. Pretty sure it's Terry. Yeah. Um, takes him into the wall. Now he's a zombie. And... In the closet downstairs, Glenn is looking for this giant bottle rocket. He finds it. He's like, I think this might be useful. Uh, Spoiler, it kind of is, I guess. But then Terry is in a body bag hanging in the closet. Or was it like a coat bag? I don't know. But anyway, Terry suddenly has zombie eyes and rat teeth. And he is holding on to Glenn's hand with his little rat teeth. But, like, he's not really biting him. It doesn't make sense. But then Alexandra comes in and kills zombie Terry through the eyeball with a Barbie doll by plunging one of its legs through his eye socket into his brain cavity. Cool. Yeah. That happened. So then... Zombie man comes back because apparently he was hiding very quietly behind all the rest of the coast the whole time. He takes Alexandra. Now we have to presume Alexandra is the second human sacrifice and also a zombie person now. But we never actually see that come to fruition. Um, So now Glenn's all alone. And he's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? So he's like, I'm going to put this bottle rocket in giant demon lady. Um... Eventually he succeeds. That's the end of Demon Lady. That releases all the power that Demon Lady had over the Earth, apparently. And then, one by one, Angus, Terry, and Alexandra come back out of the closet perfectly fine. So, like, was a lot of this demon stuff, like, not super real, but, like, real enough for Glenn to go crazy. But, like, why would the demon only be harassing Glenn in that manner? These are all unanswered questions. Um, but that's essentially the end of the movie. Like, the demon is assumingly defeated, and the world is safe again. And with the demon defeated, the backyard bunghole is now closed for good. But here is my question. The house is full of smoke. It's just billowing out of every window and door and other home orifices. And it's um, real. Like, it's really happening. Right. And, and and the parents don't show up at the end of the movie. So we don't know what happened afterwards. But, like, was all this property damage real? Because if it was... They're all sitting on the front porch with Angus, like everything's fine now. But how are you going to explain to your parents how the house is like completely demolished? Like, your house is destroyed. It's destroyed. Like, there's 
a hole in the entryway that, that like is not walkable around. Um, I believe they used early green screen for that effect, which was pretty cool. Um, I also really enjoyed the flaming telephone. Um, I thought that was cool, but then you I enjoyed could... I enjoyed the graphics of like the hand hand eye coordination situation. Yeah. Oh, oh, another question. Why was yeah. there an eye in his hand? Like, what did that have to do with anything? And then he stabbed it like he needed to, because, like, who knows why? But, like, did the demon give it to him when it patted him on the head? Or, like, was, again, was that just the evil forces fucking with him? I don't know. We don't know, because there are no answers to these questions. But anyway, property damage. How was that going to be explained was it fake? Was it all a part of this ruse of the demon? If it was real, what happens now? I don't know if your insurance is going to cover that because how do you explain it happening? Right. Um, you, how do you cover your demon information? You can't. Yeah. And then on top of that, where has Terry's father been all of this time? Who knows? So, Europe, probably. Yeah, I don't know. What's a prostitute, it sounds like, you know? Just a lot of, like, open pizza boxes and, like, food containers. Like, learn to cook, bro. Yeah. What the fuck is going on with your life? Go see a therapist if you need to. But you have a child to take care of. Um, so that is the gate. Um, pumpkins, how many? Pumpkins, how many? Like, it's a nice little romp. I think that there's far too many loose ends. Um, you know how I feel about unexplained things. I love a plot and character development that tie everything up nicely. Um, we don't really see that here. Um, but it's not horrible. I like. I don't want to be this much of a bitch, but I'm going to be because I don't, like, I don't, personally feel like I can qualify giving this a three or a four, but I don't want to give it a two. So I'm going to give it a 2.5. That's fair. I'd give it a three. Um, Maybe like two, seven, five. Yeah. Like it's fine. It was enjoyable. It wasn't the greatest thing in the world, but it's not bad. It was a good way to tiptoe back into doing this. Yeah, and, like, the other thing to just mention here is that I'm a grandpa. Ashley is less of a grandpa in this aspect, but, like, we were talking about movies that we want to do. We were talking about all these different ones, blah, 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 blah. Oh, the gate came up, and I was like, oh, I can't find it anywhere. You were like, oh, it's on Tubi for free. And I was like, Tubi, is that a real service? Is it not? <laughs> I didn't fully trust it. Guess what? It is. It's real. It is owned by, like, Fox Warner Company. Um, They get very high-name companies to buy ad space. But honestly, after watching The Gate through Tubi, I will say the commercial breaks aren't that disruptive. They're pretty short. Um, And also, the movie selection on Tubi is, like, actually rather legit. Pretty good, yeah. Um, 
I would suggest using Tubi if you don't know what it is. I would suggest looking at the cult classic section specifically. There are so many movies in there that Arthur and I are like, yes, we're going to watch. Yes, we're going to watch. Yes, we're going to watch. Um, and it's like a mixture of like campy classics, horror classics, campy horror, just like old school movies that are like a part of the historical zeitgeist, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, so that's the gate. Um, other things to talk about in relation to the gate really quick. Um, the guy who plays Glenn, Stephen Dorff, has grown up to be quite attractive. So that's always yeah, fun he's, for me. He's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, the two friends of Alexandra are some of the most miserable cons I've ever seen put on film. Laura and Lindy? I, yes. They are sisters or twins. I don't know. But they're related and they're horrible human beings. Um, they hide in the closet the whole time with like giant amounts of garlic around their necks. Um, yep. That also raises another question. How much fucking garlic did Glenn and Alexandra's parents have in the house? Are they Italian? Like, that's a lot of garlic. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, also, where in the country are we? Do they ever really California, probably. I, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't I didn't notice any license plates, but I also didn't look that hard. Um, or was because this was filmed in Canada, was it supposed to be, like, anywhere? Suburban? Anywhere USA, anywhere Canada. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, and then also, the only redeeming quality of Lori and Linda as characters is, I don't know which one of them was wearing it, but, like, the outfit that one of them is wearing once all of the demon shit hits the fan, one of them has on a pineapple bolo tie. Yeah. Um, and it's perfect in every way. And I want it. And that's the only redeeming quality for those two characters. Maybe you um, can find it on the internet. Maybe. That I, I should look definitely I should search on Etsy. I should start there. But um I thought the little demon things were kind of cute. I appreciate them. Yeah. Um I also appreciate how the teenage male characters are basically just like slot fillers. They're not real. Um Yeah. Again, I don't think the intention there was, like, to make some type of statement about men. Um, But I did appreciate it. It was more about the girls, however horrible they may be. Um, But, yeah, so, conclusions. Terry is probably gay. Um, Don't play with... That's the only thing you really need to take away from this. Terry is probably gay. Actually, yes, you're right. Um, that's it. Period. Terry's that's it. Probably that's, right. it. Um, that's it. Thanks, yeah. Pumpkin. So, oh, so they yeah. tried to make a 3D remake in 2001, but then they didn't. Or 2011, I don't remember. Oh, good. Just, you don't need to remake this. It's fine. Yeah. So, um, watch the gate. Um, I guess our mission is done here. Mission accomplished. Okay. Um, sounds good to me. Keep on creeping on and we'll see you next time. Fairly well. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.